if you would, and go over to the New Testament book of 1 Timothy, First Timothy, and if you would, stand this morning for the reading of God's Word, 1 Timothy chapter 3. There's a verse in the Bible that is uh, probably the most well-known verse to Christians and those that are not Christians. It's probably the one verse that most people see even in sporting events, and that is John, what? 3.16. And you know, there's some other great 3.16s in the Bible. And this morning we're going to take a look at one of those 3.16s, but it's not John 3.16. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this over the years, but sometimes what uh, I've seen churches or even individuals sometimes, what they'll do is they will take certain items and they'll put them in a capsule. They call it a time capsule. And sometimes they'll bury it. Sometimes they'll put it in a cornerstone of a building They'll put it in there and they'll seal it or bury it, and then they'll, they'll make a, a, a reminder that in 25 or 50 or 100 years to take that out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever seen that? Maybe you've had taken part in something like that. It's always kind of interesting what people choose to put in there, and especially over the years, how things change so much. I was with a church that celebrated its 100th anniversary, and they had put a capsule in their cornerstone of their building, and I was there when they took it out, and they opened it up, and the things that were in there was just interesting, and then they also put stuff in a new one and put it back in there and sealed it back up, and I don't know how many years they were going to wait, but you know, the Bible is such a wonderful resource of treasure. There's so many things in the Bible, but if I were to take all the things in the Word of God about Jesus and put them in a capsule, this verse this morning would be that capsule. And I want you to see what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16. And without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for all that you mean to us. Certainly this Memorial Day, we remember a lot of things. There may be some this morning in the auditorium that have had loved ones that have sacrificed their life, and certainly we're thankful. We, we don't take that for granted, but this morning our hearts and our attention is drawn to you. Thank you so much for what you mean to us. As we heard the song, we're thankful for your grace your daily sufficient grace. Our Lord, bless the message to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. You know, our theme for this year is choose. Choose. Sounds like something so 
simple, but yet you think about it, the choices that we make on a daily basis. Today, I'm going to ask you from the Word of God to choose to remember. You know, how many of you are like me, you forget things? <laughs> I'll tell you, around my house, I don't know which person's funnier, me or my wife. We, we forget everything. Uh, I get tickled sometimes, Miss Becky, if she doesn't set something like right in front of the door before she's leaving the house, and she's even told me before, she steps over it to come to church, and then she's like, oh, I forgot that. Can I tell you this morning that we need to make sure that we remember some things when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I look at this passage, how God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. I mean, it just helps me on this memorial day to really put things into perspective what the day is all about. When I look at our country as a, as a nation back in April of 1863 in Columbus, Mississippi, after decorating the graves of our two sons who both died representing their dearly beloved Southland, an elderly woman walked to two mounds of dirt at the corner of the cemetery and she placed flowers upon those two mounds of dirt. Some folks saw her do this, and her friends kind of said to her, what are you doing? Those are the graves of two Union soldiers. And softly and compassionately, this mother said, I know. I also know that somewhere in the north, a mother or a young wife mourns for them as we do for ours. When I think about Memorial Day, what I just gave to you, which was a true account, it was that loving deed and many others that set into motion what we celebrate as Memorial Day. But the reality is, is every day should be a Memorial Day. Every day. We honor the war dead once a year, and it, look, their sacrifice is evident every single day of the year, not just one day of the year. Today, we want to honor the memory of all those who've sacrificed their lives on the altar of our freedom. Those thousands of sacrificed lives, can I tell you that their lives were not lived or given in vain. Their sacrifice that was made because of that sacrifice, we're free today. We have the right to assemble ourselves together to worship God freely. When I think of the numbers of those that have died who uh, preserve these freedoms today, I go back historically to the Revolutionary War where 25,324 lives were taken. The Civil War, 498,332 people sacrificed World War I, 116,710. World War II, 407,316. The Korean War, 54,446. The Vietnam War, 58,098. The Persian Gulf War, 298. Operation Iraqi Freedom, 4,489. Operating Enduring Freedom Afghanistan, 2,356 
sacrifice their lives for the freedom that we have today. In just the first 100 years of the existence of America, there were 683,000 Americans who gave their lives. In the next 100 years, a further 626,000 Americans died through the two wars, the world wars, and several other conflicts that our country has been through. Look, today I don't want to diminish the sacrifice and the service of those that served our country so faithfully and so valiantly, but I want to talk this morning about one great soldier. That one great soldier is one that years ago, many years ago, entered into a very harsh battlefield one day. That soldier won a great victory, but it came at a terrible price. This great soldier gave his life. Listen, he gave it not for a nation, but he gave his life for all of humanity. He was not as he came. His life wasn't lived in vain. The sacrifice of his life, listen, it served to set free all of us who were born in sin. You see, for the child of God, every day for us is a memorial day. We need to remember the sacrifice of heaven's greatest soldier. Today, let's remember Jesus. Let's remember the sacrifice that he made for us. Three thoughts this morning on this Memorial Day. Number one, I want you to remember along with me, remember how he came. We must always remember back in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, God was manifest in the flesh. Let that just circulate in your mind and heart for a minute. How that Jesus, God, stepped out into this world, the world that he created. He came. He did not send someone else. He came into this world as a man without ceasing to be God. I want you to see this morning that he left his heavenly address. You see, every soldier that is called to serve, every man, every woman, they have to leave home. If they're going to serve they have to leave, and Jesus left the splendors of heaven. He left a place of perfection. He left a place that was free from sin. There was no pain. There was no suffering and no sorrow. You see, in heaven, Jesus, because he was God, was exalted. He was honored. He was worshipped. But here's what I love about Jesus. He willingly left that. For you and for me. He left heaven and he came to a sin-cursed world, one that hated him. Look what the Bible says in John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. He came unto a land, listen folks, where he was ridiculed, he was hated, and eventually he was killed, yet he came anyway. You have to understand this morning that if Jesus is God, and I believe he is, that he knew what was going to happen when he left heaven. But he still came. He came because of us. God came to this earth, and when he came, according to the word of God, what did he do? He robed himself with flesh. Think about it. Jesus walked on this earth. 
The Bible says in John 1.12, the word Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He lived among men, he died as a man, and he redeemed man from his sins. This morning, can I tell you that we must always remember what Jesus did for us as our Savior. He was no ordinary man. He was God in human flesh. Jesus left his heavenly address, and what did he do? He laid aside his heavenly apparel. Listen, as, as a soldier leaves home, and they go off to training camp, one of the very first things they have to do is exchange their clothes for the military uniform. I think about how, again, Jesus was willing to come. And as Jesus came, he willingly robed himself in the flesh. The Bible says in Philippians 2, he made himself of no reputation and he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Jesus became a man. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Look, this was God's way to redeem us, to set us free from the sin that we were born into. Look, God, the creator of this universe, left heaven and he came in to this world. He knew, listen, while he was here, he knew pain. Jesus knew what it meant to suffer. He was rejected. He hungered. He thirsted. He suffered loneliness, many of the very same problems that we experience in our own lives as we live in this human body. Jesus suffered all that so that he might feel our pain, that he might know that when we go through those very same things, that he can comfort us while we go through times of trial. Look at Hebrews 2.18, in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, that he is able also to succor them that are tempted. See, Jesus willingly came. He laid aside his omnipotence and he limited himself to a body, a human body. But listen, he never ceased to be God. Why would he do that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus loved us in that while we were yet sinners, he still came for us. Aren't you glad this morning Folks, listen, may we always remember how he came. Now, the second thought this morning is we not only need to remember how he came, but we need to remember what he did when he did come. What did he do? Well, the Bible says again in 1 Timothy 3.16 that he was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles, and he was believed on in the world. Now, just think about those statements, because as we look at these statements, the writer of 1 Timothy, and we understand that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, 
But as Paul records here to a young man, he is really exalting Jesus' earthly accomplishments. All the things that Jesus did in his earthly ministry while he was on this earth. Notice some things we need to remember about what he did. First of all, unlike us, let's remember his perfect service. Boy, there's a lot of us, from time to time, we fail in the way we do things. But Jesus was impeccable. From the time that he was baptized in his earthly ministry, the power of the Holy Spirit of God was upon him. You see, in the very baptisms of Jesus, where the Bible says that as Jesus, the Son of God, stood in the water, that the Holy Spirit of God descended upon him like as of a dove, and there was a voice from heaven in saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we need to understand this morning that he was perfect in his service, that what Adam, the first man, failed to do, Jesus, the second Adam, was able to accomplish. You see, everything Jesus did, he did it under divine approval. We need to live our lives the same way. That everything we do should be according to the Father's will. That we ought to be like Jesus, that we ought to want to please our Heavenly Father. Not my will, but thine be done. The Bible says in Matthew 17, 5, When he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Father was very pleased with the Son's service. Even the angels, as they were there at the birth of Christ, the creator of this world, and they beheld as Jesus lived upon this earth, and then, of course, they were there at the tomb when Jesus rose, that Jesus had fulfilled the plan of God, that he perfectly fulfilled the law of God. He said, I didn't come to destroy it, I came to fulfill it. Jesus perfectly served the Father, and his service was accepted by the Father. But notice we need to remember, secondly, his perfect sacrifice. He served perfectly, but his sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice. We just read a minute ago that the blood of bulls and goats, the blood of animals, would never atone for the sins of the world. But John said it himself, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Understand this morning when we think about his sacrifice, that Jesus did, did not just come to this world to live. Jesus came to this world to die. And that's exactly what he did. Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He did not die because of something he did wrong. He did not deserve to die like other men deserved. Jesus wasn't bad. He wasn't uh, in any way deserving of the punishment because death was something and is something that is reserved for, for sinners. But understand this morning that the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, all of us, because of sin, our sins separate us from God. But aren't you glad for what Jesus did in his sacrifice? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, almost all things are by the law purged with blood. You see, Jesus had to die. His blood 
God's own blood had to be shed in order for us to have remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, because the Bible says without shedding of blood, there is no remission. He shed his blood to redeem us from our sins, to make it possible that you and I could be saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let us remember this morning that Jesus took our sins upon himself. When Jesus hung on that cross in shame and humiliation, he hung on that cross with the weight of our sins placed upon him. But aren't you glad three days later, as Paul wrote to Timothy, he was justified in the Spirit. That God himself brought Jesus back from the dead, and this too was further proof that Jesus was exactly who he had claimed that he was. You see, he was justified. We remember his perfect service. We remember his perfect sacrifice. But notice we need to remember his perfect salvation because the Bible says he was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. We are reminded here again about his life. We're reminded about his death and how that those things that he came to do, he did not do those for himself. He came to do that for us. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. See, he did what he did as God's plan of salvation. He sent his saving gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ to a people like you and I that were helpless and hopeless. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. What grace, as we heard this morning, would reach out to a people like us, a people who are vile, a people who are wicked, a people who are sinners by nature. It's the grace of God. And as God reached out to us, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, this morning we need to remember, we need to always remember how he came. We need to remember when he did come, what did he do? But notice thirdly this morning, we need to always remember where he went, where he went. You know, one of the blessings of being a Christian is the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see, there are many that the Bible calls it, there are many that have fallen on sleep. There are those who have gone before us. And certainly the key is those who are in Christ. You see, if a person comes to know Christ as their Savior while they're in this world, then according to the Word of God, they will spend all of eternity with Him. And see, when Jesus came, He gave His life. His life was not lived in vain. And when Jesus had been crucified, buried, and rose again, 
Forty days later, Jesus ascended back to be with the Father. Remember what he said in John 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. And he says, and where I am, there may ye be also. You see, all of us that know him understand that we need to remember where he went. The last phrase in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says he was received up into glory. That's talking about his ascension. Where Jesus is today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And look, there is far more to his ascension than just Jesus going back to heaven. I want you to see the blessings this morning, three of them that we need to remember today. Look at the first one. We see the glory of his ascension. We need to think about this. When Jesus appears in glory, he will no longer be what Isaiah described where he says in Isaiah 52, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that uh, we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. You know, Isaiah described Jesus, and he said this, that his visage was so marred, the reality is, is that you probably could not even recognize who he was, how brutally beaten Jesus was. But see, that's not the way it's going to be in glory. You see, according to scriptures, when we see him, the Bible says that he will shine with a glory that's brighter than that of even the sun. Look what Revelation 21, the city hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, and the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Oh, what a wonderful day that's going to be when we see Jesus for all of eternity. Amen. Folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, there's something we need to remember, and we need to remember where he went. We need to remember the glory of his ascension. But notice, secondly, there is also the grace of his ascension. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse number 12, But this man, listen now, this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Boy, wrap your mind around that one. It's not a continual every year. We've got to take a lamb or an animal and sacrifice, spill that blood. No, no. Jesus was the Lamb of God, and he offered himself one time for all sin forever, the Bible says. And look what it says after he did that. He sat down on the right hand of God. That's where he is today, folks. You know what he's doing today? He is interceding for you and for me. You see, Jesus is our great intercessor. There is one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. We see this morning that this grace, how that his work of redeeming sinners is something that is forever finished, that his work was completed, that he became our high priest. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 7, wherefore he is able also to save them 
to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for him. Hey, listen, aren't you glad for friends, but aren't you glad for friends in high places? What a friend we have in Jesus. I'll tell you what, he's living today. He is alive and well, and he is pleading our case in the courtroom of glory. You see, I think about the glory of his ascension, and I think about the grace of his ascension, but listen, we need to understand, thirdly, the gravity of his ascension. Because when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he did so with the promise that he would come back. He says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, when he comes, understand, he is coming for his own. He's coming for those who have believed on him. He's coming for those who have received him into their lives. He is coming for the saved in Christ. Those that have been, according to the scriptures, born again by God himself. Look, he is not coming for everyone. He is coming for the saved in Christ. And we need to make sure, and I hope that you've done inventory, you need to make sure that you are saved today so that when he does come, he will take you with him to be with him for all of eternity in a place called heaven. The Bible says in Matthew 24, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Guess what, folks? Today could be the day. We might miss Memorial Day, but guess what? Heaven will be a greater place. See, over 1.1 million men and women have died to guarantee our freedom as Americans. They gave their all so that we might enjoy the blessings of this great land that we live in. And certainly it is. We honor their memory today. We honor their sacrifice. And we're thankful for every one of them. But again, as a Christian, can I remind you this morning that every day should be a memorial day. Every day we should think, about heaven's greatest soldier, that he came to this earth, that he died that we might have eternal life. According to the Bible, thank God for his unspeakable gift, the gift of his own dear son. I hope that you've accepted that sacrifice, that gift. If you're here this morning and you're not in Christ, Today, why don't you open your heart and allow Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Would you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed? With our eyes closed, no one looking around this morning. In loving memory of, have you remembered what Jesus has done for you? Maybe today you've come face to face with the fact that you never realized all that Jesus has done for you. And certainly, if you have understood the truth this morning, you should be thankful for what Jesus has done. Jesus came from heaven. He didn't have to, but He came. Everything that He did while He was on this earth, 
He did it according to the Father's will. And He did it for you and for me. And today, He is in heaven. And His heart is that you would spend eternity with Him. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, can I ask you this morning, can I plead with you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Years ago, I prayed a prayer. And I said, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. That's where it all begins, is realizing that we are a sinner, that we fall short of the glory of God, that we deserve death and hell. But because of what Jesus did, we can have a home in heaven someday. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sin, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you have been saved this morning and you can raise your hand as a testimony, Pastor, I am saved. I've had a time in my life. Would you slip your hand up this morning? I know without a shadow of a doubt because I'm trusting in Christ in Christ alone, you can put your hands down. What a wonderful testimony. If you could not raise your hand, this morning the Lord is inviting you to receive Him. In just a moment, we're going to give something called an invitation. It's an opportunity for Christians and those that haven't been saved to respond. To come to an altar, a place of meeting with God place of dying to self. Whatever it is this morning, maybe you need to be saved. Why don't you come? Maybe you need to come this morning and say, Lord, I have forgotten some things. On this Memorial Day, I've been reminded from the Word of God what you have done for us, how you came from heaven, what you did when you lived on this earth, what you accomplished, and what you're doing today for me. And as one of your children, I just want to come today and, and say, Lord, I want to remember every day. I want to remember you. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed. As the piano begins to play, if you need to be saved this morning, why don't you come? Just step out from where you're at. Make your way down the aisle. One of our pastors will help you, a lady with a lady, a man with a man, how they will take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure. If you're not saved today, folks, listen, don't miss heaven. Don't miss spending all of eternity with the Lord. What about you today, Christian? It's Memorial Day. Guess what tomorrow is? Memorial Day. Guess what Tuesday is? Memorial Day. When's the last time you thank Jesus? Thank Him for what He's done for you. Why don't you come this morning? Come and thank the Lord for what He's done for you. There's room at the cross for you. Some are coming this morning. There's still time. Don't put Him off. If the Lord's speaking to you this morning, if you have a question about something, We'd love to help you with that. Maybe what you heard this morning is the first time. Maybe you've been struggling with this matter of eternity. 
why don't you settle it? The Bible says, these things have I written unto you, that you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Why don't you come? There's room at the cross for you.